Hey, guys, so good to see you. Give it up for our kids real quick, everybody. Yeah, this is a, I love these nights, right? It's one of those, I was telling, thinking earlier when I was driving in, that some of my greatest memories uh, in the life of vintage are moments like this, right, where we gather as family, uh, both adults and children, and we just come and have fun, we sing songs, we worship, and we just connect with Jesus, we do it together. And I love these moments that, this is a little crazy, right? You get all our kids together, usually on Sunday mornings, our kids are in the back, but they're in here today, and I love these moments. It just, um, it feels like family. That was the vision behind doing this tonight, was that we wanted to all be together so it would feel like family, and that's really what it was tonight. And so as we talk about family, and this is going to be a message for our, our vintage family. So if you're a guest, real quick, this is not for you. This is for our vintage families. You walked in, they're all, or, uh, it's okay, there were our, um, our um, envelopes here on the seat just for our vintage year-end offering. And I do want to say to you all, for the part of vintage, you saw an email about this week, we want to do a year-end offering this year, and the purpose behind it is we want to um, bless those in our body who are in need. Um, should I use that handheld, Alex? Is that be better? Okay, I want you to bring it to me. Get it for Alex as she comes forward, guys. Yes. See, I, I can talk loud. I'm coming through somewhere. Am I on here? This one's on now? Hey, this one's on, Alex. Does that work better? Fantastic. Not sure how that happened. That was super odd. That's why it wasn't working. It sounded weird. All right. Well, hey, so we'll just talk into this one for a bit. So, again, your year-end offering. So, again, for those of you who are new to Vintage, basically our year-end offering, the envelope that you had, is we want to come alongside those at Vintage who are in need. And so we're saying, hey, our year-end offering, 100% is going to go towards those at Vintage who are in need. And we recognize there are those who are giving and those who are receiving. An email went out this week for those of you who, man, you're just a place of need this uh, this year at Christmas, and you're like, hey, I would love to get some help. An email went out that all the information about how to get plugged in uh, to receiving from the year-end offering. Uh, if that is you, we would love for you to be a part of that. And so just look at that email that went out. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, you can simply email um, april at vintage242.com, and she can get you connected uh, with that. We, do, we want to come alongside. So this tonight, before you leave, if you want to give that year-end offering, there will be a basket in the back for you to give that. So... Arguably, one of the most recognized uh, verses in all of our lives in the church, probably the first verse maybe that you heard, you, you learned, you memorized, and maybe even the first verse that you shared with someone who was asking about Jesus would have been John 3.16. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him, have faith in him, trust in him would not die for eternity but they would then live for eternity and in this season of advent the season of preparation leading up to christmas and the holiday season i've honestly been thinking a fair amount about this verse like i recognize it's one of those verses you hear so often that honestly oftentimes you can kind of gloss over it because you're just so familiar with it but it really does, in so many ways, proclaim the message of the good news of Jesus in the most succinct way. 
And tonight I want to talk about it in the context of Advent and the idea of, of the holiday season as we specifically focus on this week, which is the Advent of love. The idea of the arrival of the love of Jesus. That's the idea. The Advent season is a season where we are celebrating the first arrival of Jesus, but then focusing our attention on the reality that Jesus will return again, that there's a second arrival that's going to happen. And so as we look through this verse, I want to start with the phrase, God so love. God so love. If there's one primary trait that defines how God relates to humanity and relates to us, it is the idea of love. In fact, we're told in 1 John 4 that God is love. It's a defining characteristic. This type of love is defined both by commitment and by feeling. So often when we use the word love in our world, we're talking about a feeling that we have, an emotion. And it is that. But for God and the understanding of agape love, it is this idea of this 100% commitment, this unchanging part of who God is, unwavering in the way that he views you, as well as the emotion and the feeling that comes in the way that you love someone. And so when you think about the type of love he has, you would say he is unwavering in his relationship to his unchanging. How he loved you yesterday is how he loves you today. But also in this, there's a complete feeling and emotion that's attached to it. I get it. I remember when both of my girls were born. They hadn't done anything for me to love them, but I fully loved them. As parents, all of you understand what I'm saying. There's a expression of like, I just love my child. I would die for them. And they've done nothing to deserve that except be born, right? And so there's this beauty behind who they are and the relationship that we have with them. And I get it. I feel that. I understand this commitment. There's nothing that they could do that would make me love them more or less than I always have. And I always have this commitment to them no matter what happens. And I have this feeling. This is a strong emotion towards them. And we talk about this. I, I see that God feels this way and that God is committed to us. For God so loved. I, when I say that in my mind, like God so loved the world. I love that word so. I kind of like draw it out like you do. Just, oh, I just love this so much, right? That Jesus has this affection. The idea for you that God is committed and God feels drawn to you and that is unchanging and unwavering. The second part of this at the same time, we have to recognize that God sent his son to earth, right? We recognize that for God's soul of the world, he gave his only son. He gave his only son. The reason he sent his son, it's simple, yet it's involved. Humanity needed to be saved from itself, and it needed to be saved from sin. This is really important. Everybody take a deep breath. And then to release it, it's always important. We believe that God sent his son for the world because we needed it. To save us from ourselves and to save us from sin. 1 John 4, 9 through 10, it's on the screen. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. 
This is important, a life that's eternal, a life that's life-giving, a life that's complete, and a life that's full comes through Jesus. This love, listen, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice or just to make us one at one atoning. He makes us one with him through the blood of Jesus and the person of Jesus. This is powerful. The only person with the power and ability to save humanity, right? Humanity, those who God loves, he's committed to and he has these strong feelings and emotions. The only person who can save humanity is God himself in the person of Jesus. The thought I couldn't shake this season is the twofold reality of the sending. God first sent his son, but Jesus is God. Jesus is God, meaning that he was intimately involved in the decision to come to the earth. As a believer in Trinitarian theology, right, that God as one with three different expressions, I believe that God had never makes independent decisions, instead intimately connected as one, Decisions are made as one, meaning at Christmas, in essence, Jesus as God chose to send himself or chose to come to earth. He chose to come knowing what it would mean for our existence. He sacrificed himself. Second, I believe in the Trinity, each expressed, each expression of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they experience feelings unique to themselves. Therefore, in this moment, God gave God the Father experienced the reality of sending the Son he wholly loved to earth as a sacrifice. As a parent, I can only imagine the weight of the decision. This wasn't some cruel, heartless sacrifice. This was the Father sending his Son to earth for the sake of those who are in need of saving. I always think about just my friends who have sent their sons and daughters off to war. They prefer them not to go, right? That's a sacrifice. It's dangerous. Their life is threatened. But they send them knowing that they're fighting for our freedom to make sure that we have the same freedoms that we've always had. They send them, not wanting them to go, but knowing it is the best decision for them and for us. It's the same reality for the Father, sending his Son. This is the holiday season. I think about this, and I'm overwhelmed with thankfulness. God, I'm grateful for your willingness to send Jesus. Jesus, I'm thankful for your choice to come and to be a sacrifice and recognize what that means for me. Listen, there is something about loving someone, but true love is expressed in the way that we sacrifice, isn't it? It's easy to love someone when it's easy, but it's difficult and different when it's actually a sacrifice and it's difficult. And Jesus came to say, I want to express the fullness of my love. The Father saying, I'm willing to send my Son for those who are in need. And lastly, I'm aware of the eternal life that comes for those who believe. Love made a way for eternal life. John 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life begins the moment that we enter into relationship with Jesus. Eternal life isn't after we die. It's the moment we enter into relationship. And I want to live today in recognition that eternity is open to you. It's open to me. The eternal attributes of Jesus are awakened. They're available to us today for those who believe. And in that, I want to live with him. And I want to live for him. Our hope tonight... Our hope tonight is to be awakened to the arrival of love in our lives. I want you all to hear that in the middle of holding kids and kids being around you, in the middle of everything that's going on tonight, I want you to recognize that God's desire is for love to be awakened, for you to recognize His commitment to you no matter what's been going on in life. To recognize that his feelings and his emotion, it's strong and alive for you. He doesn't look at you and base his affection or his thoughts or his commitment to you based on you doing right things or the lack thereof by doing wrong things. He looks at you in consistency and says, I love you. I'm committed to you. I'm unwavering. I am unchanging, and my feelings for you are strong. I am not fickle like human beings where my thoughts and my feelings change on a whim. I am committed. And the idea for us tonight is there are those who who know Jesus, many of us tonight, who God simply wants to remind and awaken us again to the fullness of his love for you. There are those of you tonight maybe who do not know Jesus. You don't believe, have faith, haven't surrendered your life to him. And his desire tonight is that you would believe. You would lean into him and say, God, I want you to lead my life. And in that, all of a sudden, as you believe, then eternal life happens for you. The attributes of Jesus are awakened inside of you. His love and his joy, his peace and his patience, his kindness and his goodness, his gentleness, his faithfulness and self-control come alive inside of you. The desire of God's heart tonight for all of us is we have awakening, awakening to the love and the advent of his love, the arrival of his love for us. Our hope tonight is that, as Paul says and. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, he prays this. I pray that you, I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. As we move towards worship tonight, I I simply want to invite you to slow down as we engage liturgy tonight, just an action of of speaking and then responding tonight and understanding the love of Jesus. Before we jump in, I'm going to pray for us and just pray this prayer of Ephesians that God would awaken love. And if that's you tonight, you're saying, God, I just want you to awaken love in me. 
then as I pray, just put yourself in a posture of receiving and saying, Jesus, I have, I want everything that you have for me tonight. Father, as we come in, we just say, Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you desire to be in relationship. Thank you, Jesus, that you chose to come to earth. Father, thank you for sending your Son, recognizing that we are defined by a need to be awakened, to spiritually come alive. And so we say, Jesus, come tonight. Come and have your way in us. Awaken us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.